Coming up on today's episode of Locked On Canucks, we're still pissed off about the Philip Hronick trade. We're also going to talk about one other defenseman the Canucks could try and acquire. We also want to look at three teams who could still be in the market for some of those Canucks wingers with term who have been in rumors for a little bit. That's coming up today on Locked On Canucks. It's Begsy, it's Bowen, and you're listening to Locked On Canucks. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Canucks. My name is Trevor Beggs, Canucks writer and part-time credentialed media member for Daily High Vancouver. And before we dive into the show, we want to thank you for tuning in, for tapping that podcast, for listening to us today. And as we get into a groove here on the show, this is only our third episode. As we get into a groove, we hope you make Locked On Canucks your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, where the best way you can help us grow is to listen. Subscribe, wow, dude. And subscribe, yeah. Okay, subscribe and to the subscribe, channel. You know, we're, we're coming at you a lot during the week, okay? I think we're supposed to do five episodes a week. You never know. We, we might give you eight. You know, we work, we work hard, dude. We work hard. And if you look... Behind Trevor, you notice that he has some art behind him that was made for him by one of his one of his children. Okay, and if you hit the subscribe button, he'll he'll just be able to do more and more for his for his family. <laughs> yeah, well, for for the audio only listeners, I do have in my background. It's basically a shrine of artwork from my two year old daughter. Um, I did put some Canuck stuff in there. Got some media passes up on the wall. Okay, you know, no big deal. They let Peggy into the booth. Oh wow, dude, that's something else, man. That's something else. I can't believe you put that above your daughter's artwork. It's like, come on, man. You lower down to, the ego. To be honest okay? with you, I'm going to be honest right now. I I've been watching a few other locked on shows as you know we were kind of taking on the gig and getting ready to do this. And this wall was completely Everly before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Everly's my daughter, and um, you know all these locked on people. They all got all this sports stuff in the background. And I was like, I, I need a little something up there, you know. Yeah. Uh, the Canucks are a pretty terrible team, so I don't need like shrines to, you know, the mediocrity of this franchise. But you know, I just thought I'd pump my tires and put the media passes on the wall because, you know, I got a bit of an ego. There you go, man. Um, speaking of egos, I, you know, I think Patrick Alvin was feeling himself a bit yesterday, man. You know, he was getting a little, uh, a little crazy with those draft picks. You know, there was all this talk in the city about how the Canucks had seven picks in the first four rounds. It was the most draft picks they'd had in the first four rounds. <laughs> In their franchise history. <laughs> and, you know, I think not even 48 hours after Harmon Dial of The Athletic tweeted that out. What do the Canucks do? They trade a first and second round pick for Philip Pronick of the Detroit Red Wings. Um, now, we did an instant reaction episode yesterday. You can go check that out on the Locked On Canucks network. Um, I did make a mistake yesterday. I called. I said that Philip Pronick was 24. He is, in fact, 25 years old. Uh, um, so, you know, I was... It's I was, first day on the job. No, got to own up. Got to own up. Okay? First day on the job, up. it happens. We're not perfect. We're just Kyle Bowen and Trevor Beggs, okay? Unlocked on Canucks. Philip Ronick, brand new Vancouver Canuck. And it's been, what, maybe like 14, 15 hours since the trade? I don't know my math really well. And I think I've definitely been a little bit more calm with the situation. And keep in mind, I've listened to podcast after podcast after podcast about this player, about the trade. But again, I'm a little bit more calm. And the only, only reason I am a bit more calm is because I have to be, okay? I have to continue on with my day because I'm still 
really, really, really confused because this team seems to have no direction at all. And I know if you listen to Alvin in the past, he has said, and him and Rutherford have alluded to the fact that this wasn't going to be a rebuild. It was going to be one of these retools. I just don't feel as if moves like this are necessary for a bottom-dwelling team. And I'll ask you this, Trevor. Why couldn't they do something like this in the offseason? Just wait a bit. What was the rush to do something like this? Was the player that much of a needle pusher that they had to make the deal right away? I just don't. I'm just so, so, so confused with this organization for real. It's been years and years and years, and here I am still. Still, just uh, take it away. I've been thinking about this, and um, what I think is that Stevie Iserman is pretty much Harry Potter, and I think (laughs) he has some wizardry that he inflicts on other general managers, especially uh, weak-minded rookies out there. And, you know, he was was on a roll yesterday, man, and obviously Detroit has decided to sell. Uh, They had a a big uh, back-to-back against the Ottawa Senators this week. They got crushed in both games by the Sens. And now they're in sellers mode. No, they trade Fronick. They trade Tyler Bertuzzi this morning. They just acquired two first rounders and two second rounders in the past 24 hours. So that's the kind of move a team like Detroit should be making. But you know, a team that's in the exact same position as Detroit is the Vancouver Canucks. And what are they doing? They're going out and acquiring Philip Hironic, who, yeah, he's a. And again, we mentioned this on the show yesterday, but the Canucks better hope that this year's version of Philip Hironic is the Philip Hronick of the future because he's had some problems defending in the past few seasons. And this season, if it's an outlier, the Canucks are in big, big trouble. Again, we're talking about starting a first-round pick that could be unprotected in 2024. Now, uh, Elliot Freeman kind of mentioned this morning on um, the Jeff Merrick show that he thinks one of the reasons, he believes one of the reasons the Canucks might have made this deal is because he thinks the Islanders would not have given up their 2024 first round of that they are in, they would indeed sacrifice the pick this year, but there's no way of knowing that it's top 12 protected. The Islanders. Yeah. They're in a playoff spot, but they have games in hand on everybody. There's a good chance that they do start to tumble down the standings a little bit. And again, we're talking about a pick that could be top five next year. I don't, I don't see the Islanders as this amazing no. team going forward. So it's uh, it, it's, it's tough. It's tough. And we've seen in this market for 10 years now, and it's really frustrating to see the th- same things happen over and over again. Uh, yeah, it, it is. And I'm just not buying it, too. How can Alvin, you know, go to the media and talk to the people and say things that aligned with him being happy that he acquired these first-round picks? Like, oh, we made this trade for Bo Horvat or with Bo Horvat involved, and we got three first-round picks back with Roddy, Bolivier, Obovillier, and, and the Islanders first and just – brag about it and, he, and like you're talking about it like ratty was a up uh, bleep that out what was a first round pick you know what i'm saying it's it just he's bragging about the first round picks and then weeks later he trades it it's like it's pretty clear that there's again a lack of a concrete direction with this team it's the no plan yeah. plan again well, I think the, the the plan is to retool on the fly. Whether it works or not is another story. Okay, Bexy, you're a smarter um, guy than I am. Okay, you're a smarter guy than I am. You've watched a lot more hockey than I have. Who has retooled in the last seven years, six years, and done it? Yeah, I don't think it comes without good drafting. You know, Tampa <laughs> might be one example that comes to mind, but they still drafted Hemond and Stamkos, uh, you know, in the top 
you know, first and second overall in back-to-back drafts. Um, and then they had to hit on picks like Kucherov, you know, a second rounder who's probably would have been like a first overall pick based on how he's been playing. Palat, it doesn't Kalorn, happen that often, and it's hard to do. There's there was no other way to really to build your team other than through the draft. Um, I think you know I want to do my research and maybe give some examples uh, to you out there, to you listening right now uh, in later episodes. Um, but right now, yeah, it's again the head's still spinning a bit. You know, it's it's just frustrating to see this team do it over and over again. Kyle, you mentioned, you know, why didn't the Canucks do this deal in the offseason? I completely agree. You know, <laughs> Kronik, right now he is injured. We don't know how long he's out for. He just got injured on Tuesday. But adding to, adding him to the team, <laughs> it hurts the tank odds, that's for sure. Now you got Kronik in the lineup, who's a good defenseman. You have Demko back. You're talking about a team, maybe the Canucks that are probably going to finish potentially 8th, ninth, right? Uh, the Montreal Canadiens, the Philadelphia Flyers are still ahead of them. Those are two teams that usually finish below the Canucks. Um, if you are going to make this deal, if you truly believe that this is the deal to make, why not wait until the offseason? And I think it's because DVY probably put the pressure on. There's more certainty around that Islanders pick at the end of the season. Uh, right now, there is some. So um, I think DVY wants to gamble a bit. And, and maybe if that pick was, you know, 15, 16 overall, maybe DVY doesn't make this move. I'm so sad right now, bro. I was I was calm going into the studio, and now I'm just riled up again. And I feel as if the Canucks want to be a team that they're so far away from being. This is the same team that, again, has been a bottom feeder year after year after year. And this season, they felt the need to, you know, fire their coach halfway through the season and now add to their team, be a buyer. It makes no sense. There's... I, I, I want to see on a piece of paper, okay? I, I want Aquilini to write down what, what the organizational philosophy is. I just want to, I just want to, re, I just want to see it. And I also want to see Alvina Rutherford or Aquilini talk about the fact that year after year after year, the Canucks have done the same thing, and that's struggle playing hockey and struggle making decisions with the roster. That's, that's always happening. Admit to that. And then also say, but we're going to continue doing what we've been doing. Just like, just, I just want them to admit that it hasn't worked in the past. Even though they're, they continue to do this, I just want them to admit, like, I know you're frustrated, fans, because it hasn't worked in the past, but I'm sorry. We're going to continue doing this. Just, just admit it, because you can't blame the fan base for, quote-unquote, overreacting when we've seen this before, and we've seen it recently, and we've seen it all the time. Do I hope I'm wrong on this, and the trade is... A win-win, not not a win-win, but a complete win for the organization. Of course, prove me wrong. I just don't have the faith slash hope that that's going to be the case because recency bias, and I'm a product of my environment. Once again, I'm a human being, and living in the city, being around this team and following this team, dude, we've seen this before. We've seen this recently, and it hasn't worked. Yeah, 100%. It's, um, again, I'll, I'll, let's, I'll, let's be a little bit glass half full here you have to. Um, as, as we get to – the second half of this show, or the second part of the show, I should say. You know, Hronik right now, this was tweeted out by, um, don't have his name in front of me, but it was, the stats were from Evolving Hockey. Hronik is fifth among defensemen and wins above replacement this season. Um, Quinn Hughes is fourth, and both Pedersen and Kuzmenko are in the top 20. So, Ooh. the Canucks have four of the top 20 players in terms of wins above replacement. Um, so, it's interesting that they can have that many wins above replacement players on their team. And they're still going to be mediocre. You know, it just shows how much you need depth. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, a team like the Boston Bruins, 
I think we're seeing as a team with depth, a lot of players who can play hockey. I do want to mention quick before we get to break that there's one player from the Boston Bruins. I wonder if the Canucks could target and that's Jakob Zaboro. He was infamously picked 13th overall in that stacked draft in 2015. Um, hasn't lived up to hype. He's only played 69 career games. But you look at the underlying numbers, he is a good low-event hockey player. Not The other team's not getting many scoring chances when he's on the ice. Not creating a lot of offense either. But I thought about Zaboral as a target for the Canucks for two reasons. One is that if you listen to some of the Detroit guys yesterday who were talking about Hronik's success in Detroit, um, the best he played was when he played alongside Oli Mata, which is, or who is a very safe, low-event defenseman. Uh, once Hronik was paired with Ben Chirot, his game was a lot more chaotic. There was a lot more goals against for, for Hironik. Um, Zaboral, again, doesn't have a huge sample size at the NHL level. Hasn't been able to crack that blue line on a stack team. But he profiles as a guy who could be a low-event hockey player beside Hironik. Um, I do wonder if the Boston Bruins want to clear his cap hit. He's making only you know 1.13 million. Um, but he clearly doesn't really have a future with that team. Um, and, and the second reason is Zaboral and Hironik are both checks. Uh, from the Czech Republic, and they both were the top pairing uh, for the Czech Republic at the World Juniors back in 2017. Wow. So that's maybe the type of, you know, if they can get like a Vitaly Kravstov, uh, that type of deal for Jakub Zaboral, um, I'd be interested in seeing the Canucks do something like that. Wow. Uh, any thoughts, Kyle, before we... Uh, Dude, I don't know who this guy is. You're the smart show. guy here on the program. Hey, if you're new to the show, which you are new to the show, Trevor Beggs is that guy, and I'm this guy. Yo, that was, that was a great analysis, and I, I'm going to go with you on that one. All right, sounds good. Well, uh, coming up, I do want to talk about the other Canucks wingers, uh, Brock Besser, Connor Garland, Anthony Bolivier, and some teams who could still be in the market for their services. But first, the midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Kyle, last night, my Portland Trailblazers, they lost their fifth in a row Ooh. to the New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. It happens. Um, I, it happens, yeah. I said on yesterday's show that I would have picked against the Trailblazers on the spread. Um, so if you followed my advice, you would have won a few bucks on FanDuel last night. Wow. Um, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger parlay with same game, a bigger payout, sorry, with same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. <laughs> you know, that, that was a that was an eight eight out of ten ad read. You know, I had that a couple, was, that was couple six and a half in there. Six and a half. But it's six yo, and a half, yeah, yeah. It's okay, yeah. man. You've gone through a lot. This is your third podcast in maybe like eighteen hours. The Canucks made a confusing trade. You've probably written an article about you're just you're working, man. Begsy, you're working. You're a part-time reporter. You're a full-time dad. You're also a full-time worker in another field. Dude, dude, listeners, my listeners, our listeners, Begsy, he's that guy. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate you pumping my tires, but you're right. That was, that was probably a six. And I was also rattled by my trailblazers, man. Mm. I mean, I, they were. My, I told you, you know, a few months back, they're, they're my team going forward. They're my team going into the season. They started hot, and now they suck. But, you know, that's uh, – we're not doing the Portland Trailblazers podcast <laughs> here. So I do want to tell you, again, we're recording right now, at, and there's t about 24 hours till the NHL trade deadline. Mm -hmm. um, and it's been a wild trade deadline. So I, I do think 
and you got to think the Canucks are going to make another deal here. I mean, they're already over the cap for next season. Oh, my God. There's all the smoke around Besser. We touched on that yesterday. Uh, we also talked about how Garland and Beauvillier could be targets for other teams. So I want to mention three teams right now that I think could still be in the market um, for any of Garland, Beauvillier, or Besser. Uh, I'm going to start with the Minnesota Wild. Now, the Minnesota Wild are worst among playoff contenders, scoring 2.79 goals per game. Um, I didn't write it down. I should have. That was around 24th or 25th in the NHL, uh, but worst among playoff contenders. You know, I think we all know their cap situation is messy, but I was looking at it on cap friendly and, you know, they're paying uh, Zach Parise and Ryan Suter around 12 million right now <laughs> on uh, their buyouts. Next year goes up to 14 million. So I actually thought the jump was more significant. Um, they have Matt Dumba coming off the books next season. That's 6 million in cap space. So I do think there is an avenue for them. And, and I, Brock Besser is the obvious reunion. I think, you know, Brock Besser would like it. I think the Wild would like it. Uh, I think Brock Besser would be stoked to play for his home, uh, his hometown, home state team, I guess we want to call it. Um, so I, I do think there's still a possible that deal could get done uh, between Brock Besser and the Wild. What, what would you rate that on a scale of 1 to 10 in terms of likelihood before the deadline? Well, going into the studio today, again, listen to a couple podcasts regarding the world of hockey on my one-hour drive to South Van, and I would have to give an answer of 2 out of 10 to your to your question there, and that's because of what I heard. And they had this uh, Minnesota commentator on the Halford and Bruff show on Sportsnet, and they or he said that the Wild are not interested in taking in any salary that's gonna bleed into next year because of what you just mentioned with those two players so it doesn't sound like it's going to happen via a trade that reunion maybe it has to happen way down the road when Besser is a UFA so yeah that's that's my answer to that I'm gonna go with what I heard from the dude from Minnesota okay two out of ten Trevor two out of ten yeah, uh, and again, Garland, Garland, Bovillier, again, a team like the Minnesota Wild, they've kind of been stuck in that mushy middle forever. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, they're back in that mushy middle again this season. So I, I get that they have some cap constraints, but again, when I saw that the Sudaprize buyouts are only jumping by $2 million, I kind of thought, you know what? Maybe maybe there's a path to getting this done. Um, I, I will go to a second team here, and that's the Carolina Hurricanes. They're not stuck in the mushy middle. They're a true Stanley Cup contender. Mm -hmm. Um, but they are 10th overall in scoring. I think it's pretty evident that they could use a boost offensively. They do lack a game breaker, not to say that Besser, Garland, or Bovillier are, are those game breakers, but the Canes do have, um, they have a, two second-round picks in next year's draft. One was acquired in the Anthony D'Angelo trade. They have $2.6 in cap space, and they have some contracts like Jordan Stahl expiring next year. You know, Carolina has traditionally been an analytically inclined team, so I think they would prefer a Garland or Beauvillier over a Brock Bester. Specifically, Garland would be the guy I would look at for Carolina. Although, you know, with Beauvillier being in the Eastern Conference, they've obviously gotten a good look at him too. So, thoughts on that one, Kyle? Tell me if I'm crazy. No, I don't I don't think you're crazy. And I'm thinking of Carolina being a possible destination for that miracle trade that the Canucks and their fan base want being pulled off and that's involving more of a game breaker like JT Miller. Yeah. It's, I, it's I, more aggressive. I know it's a way bigger cap hit and nobody wants to take $56 million on, but I just feel as if 
Carolina wouldn't be making a trade for a 50-point guy or a couple 40-point guys if they're really going to do it. Just just do it. Do it. Do it big. And JT Miller is a terrific hockey player. I mean, he's going to put up points. I saw the stat that he's actually, when it comes to points per game, he's second in Canucks history. Yeah. Yeah, at like one point four, one point zero four a game. Yeah, over four seasons of Vancouver, he's basically which is, which he is, is incredible. He is, yeah, he is a point per game player. But you know, we all want him to win the Selkie, so he's got to have to change his ways, right? <laughs> yeah, leave JT alone. Kyle yeah. has uh, already said that a couple JT times alone, here. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Let him put up his yeah. points. It just doesn't seem like to me like a trade Carolina has. Well, they haven't traditionally made a trade like that. Mm-hmm. They haven't really gone and acquired guys with term. And yeah, a lot of term. Miller has a lot of term. Yeah. A lot of term left on that contract. Yeah. Um, but if you want to look at it very simplistically, they have 2.6 million in cap space right now. Jordan Stahl comes off the books. That's 6 million. That's 8.6 mil. Cap goes up by 1 million, 9.6 mil. JT Miller makes 8 million next season. So mm-hmm. it's feasible, man. It's feasible. I like it. it. I like it. Carolina should like it too. Hear, hear me, Don Waddell. Carolina <laughs> should like it too. Um, the third team I want to mention is we talked about it ad nauseum yesterday, but it's the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I bring it up again for a couple of reasons. So Shana Goldman of the Athletic, even after the Mikhail Granlin trade, so the Pens uh, traded a second-round pick for Mikhail Granlin yesterday, um, Shana Goldman still tweeting out, or theorizing at least, that the Pens um, have some interest investor or could have some interest investors. So I found that interesting mm-hmm. for someone who for a couple of days has been talking about the connection between the Canucks and the Penguins. And she kind of theorized some of the stuff we talked about yesterday, you know, uh, Besser for Marcus Patterson and Brock McGinn, the Capits are identical. Uh, you and I also said this before though. And, and I think that's, you know, Marcus Patterson's a good defenseman. Mm-hmm. Brock Besser is an overpaid underperforming winger. <laughs> what is the, the rationale for the Penguins making this move? But I will say to that, that Ron Hextall is taking a lot of heat right now, and I think he could be allowed to do something stupid. <laughs> yeah, that could happen. I mean, general managers do stupid things. Some of them. Some of them. We would know that. We would know that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I- I'd love to carry on with this point, but, again, I just can't see that happening, especially with that move they made yesterday, acquiring Get Granlin and that salary for a couple of years. Just, just not going to work out because – if you think about it, that's a move where they didn't have to take anything away from their roster, even though they traded uh, Bluger and they dropped down a couple players, blah, blah, blah. They didn't really get rid of anything that they were really using for their rosters like uh, into like a level of importance, and they were able to add to their roster. And I don't think they'd want to strip away their decor to add another forward because I feel as if they're just all, quote-unquote, all in this year. It just wouldn't make sense, you know? It, if there's a trade to be made with like Besser or Garland, I just feel like it, it would be like a draft pick type of thing. But A, I don't think Pittsburgh wants to take on the salary. And Vancouver has no interest in getting rid of cap space. That's 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 a complete lie. That's a complete lie. You know, when Alvin's talking about, yo, we want to, you know, br- you know, empty out some cap space and you bring, bring some more money in block. That's all, that's all, that's all a lie, okay? He had that opportunity in the offseason. He signed McKayev. You know what I'm saying? Then he extended Miller. And then he said it again, and then boom, he just picks up salary. He picked up Bavillier, and he picked up Heronic. So don't lie to us. Yeah, well, and, and that's why I think that if this deal does go down, it could be like a best for four Pedersen. Mm-hmm. Cap no, cap I get out, it. I get the way it. most trades are made. But, yeah, I, I, str- I struggle to understand the rationale aside from just Hextall doing dumb stuff right now mm-hmm. i mean mikhail granlin doesn't make a lot of sense for them you talk about Besser struggling mikhail granlin has struggled this season 
Grandland's got less points. Uh, his underlying numbers aren't terrific. He's quite a bit older than Besser. And he just traded a second round pick to get him. So I, I think acquiring Besser would have made more sense for the Penguins. Um, you know what, Kyle? I, I think there's been a lot of anger and negativity so far on this episode, um, which makes sense. I mean, we are talking about the Vancouver Canucks here. But you know, there's one segment that you and I talked about, and I kind of want to kick it off today. And that's one good thing. One good thing. Let's talk about one good thing. Um, but first, before we talk about that one good thing, let me tell you about one great thing. And that is Indeed. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed partners with you every step with you on every step of the hiring process. Find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes e- hiring easy and instantaneous. Oh. With, with Instant Match, over 90% of employers get quality candidates as soon as they sponsor their job post, according to Indeed data. Candidates you invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your post at Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Offer valid through March 31st. Go to Indeed.com slash LockedOn to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Wow, that was, right, that, that was a bit better. That was like seven yeah. and a half, eight out of ten. Oh, I was thinking seven. I was okay. thinking seven. Okay, cool. but, but thanks, cool, buddy. Cool, cool. One thanks. good I need thing. To, I need to be more realistic about my uh, okay my, my standard there. Fair enough, fair enough. One good thing. That's what you want to talk about? One good thing? One, one good thing, and that one good thing is Niels Hooglander. Oh. Uh, he's a, kind of a forgotten member of the Canucks right now. Uh, he got sent down a few months ago, but he's been killing it in Abbotsford. He's mm-hmm. been on a bit of a hot streak lately. Including last night, the uh, Abbotsford Canucks had a 3-2 win over the Ontario Reign, the LA Kings AHL affiliate. And Hoaglander was at it again, man. He scored two goals, including a sick breakaway goal. Um, And he also set up Jack Rathbone for a one-timer that ended up being the game-winning goal. So um, I do wonder when we see Niels Hoaglander with the Canucks again. I wonder if it's this season or if they just kind of let him keep marinating down the minors. I also wonder how he's kind of feeling right now, you know, all these plugs playing ahead of him who he has more talent than. Uh, where do you think Niels Hooglander's head is at? I, I think he's in a good place, man. I think he's able to pull off what he's been able to pull off, not just because he's playing in a lower level, but because his, I, I think he just focused on, the, focused on the moment, you know, just getting better day by day and showcasing his talents on the ice and gaining confidence. You can't really think too ahead. You just got to handle what's, on the ice in front of you and yeah i just i think based on what i saw yesterday and again just highlights just highlights maybe we have to get favor on down the road to really dive into this but it just seemed as if he was flying he was confident he was in the moment again and it's the things you want to see from Niels when he's back in the lineup you know you saw the tenacity in year one and i always thought that the, that the creative the creativity that we saw in while he was a, a rookie uh, not a rookie but a prospect or in the system was going to bleed over, but that never really came to fruition because 
he couldn't he didn't he didn't bring the same tenacity as well. He was just kind of lost. Sophomore slump, then year three slump, blah blah blah. But I think because of what's happened in the AHL, we're gonna see that transition of him being able to bring those two things to the table next year with Tockett happen. I just and we gotta hope. We really gotta hope. The Canucks need cheap players to make impacts on this team and Maybe that's a good thing that he wasn't able to excel in the NHL because the Canucks would not be able to afford him. <laughs> for real. For real. Yeah, the Canucks that, are a capped out team. A it's crazy. An issue for sure. The Canucks, so again, if Hooklander stayed in the NHL and, you know, put up 40 points, 35 points, 50 points, he'd get a raise. And would they even be able to do that? I mean, we're talking about one of the worst teams in the, in the league over the last 10 years, again, being capped out. They're over the cap going into next year. <laughs> You know what's another good thing? I'll say this, okay? My people, the the listeners, the sunshine. I don't know if all the Canuck fans watching this are actually from the west coast of Canada, the best coast of Canada, but if you are, it's sunny today. It's beautiful. Breathe. Taking that oxygen. It's just hockey. It's just hockey. It's just hockey. Hey, speaking of hockey, the Canucks actually play a game tonight. Yeah. Uh, Not that it matters. We didn't really talk about that too much. Again, it sounds like Hironic won't play due to injury. Dude, injury. Just don't um, even. And Nils Hoglander won't play because he's in the AHL. Don't even mention so. Heronic being injured. Okay, can can I ask a question to the people before we get out of here? An honest question. If you're watching this, okay, are you watching the game tonight? Are you watching the game tonight? I'll say it for a third time. Are you watching the game tonight between the Canucks and the Wild? It's a great question, man. That's, That's a, a great, great question. question. Um. I will be watching the game tonight because you know it's 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 my job, buddy. It's my <laughs> job. You know you don't have to watch it, but I will watch it for you. Um, but, I mean, all eyes are on tomorrow, obviously. It's the NHL trade deadline. Um, you can join us on the Locked On NHL YouTube channel from 11 to 2 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, and the team will be breaking down the biggest deals from across the league, if there are any left. But, come on, there's got to be a few left, you know? There's got to be a few left. Yeah. Um, and, and for us, you know, we will likely record, I think, after the trade deadline passes. So, cool. looking at an afternoon recording between you and I tomorrow. I'd like to hear Alvin speak, if possible, before we hop on, because the guy's turn into a ghost. I mean, a lot of other general managers come out and talk after trades and, uh, you know, from all reports so far, Alvin is not going to talk until after the trade deadline. So I don't uh, want to hear this guy talk. I'm mad at him, bro. Again, you know, he (laughs) comes out and he lies about acquiring three first round picks for Horvat thinking that that could fly over this fan base. Like, what are you talking about? The prospect that you got was drafted in the second round, Bavilia was drafted a couple years ago. You know what I'm saying? Just relax, buddy. Don't lie about it. And then you're going to take what you bragged about and then trade it right away. So dude, Chill out a bit. You know, maybe you should take the weekend off. It's all good, for real. And if you're going to talk to us, tell us the truth. Again, tell tell us that you understand that this fan base has seen moves like this year years after years after years, and nothing's happened. But we're still going to do it because whatever. I don't even know why. Just, it's Pedersen, right? It's Pedersen, right? Maybe we got to touch on that tomorrow. There were some comments about that that we didn't get to, and we got to go because we're already over time. But... Maybe they did it because of Patterson, right? My name's Kyle Baum. That's Trevor Beggs. Locked on Canucks every day, right? Every day. Every day. And, and we want to thank you. Thank you right now for making Locked on Canucks your first listen today. Now make your second listen game to game. Locked on NHL. Every moment, every performance, every result. Locked on Ooh. game to game covers every game from across Locked on NHL with local analysis that only Locked on can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked on NHL. Available on Audacity, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. I'm Trevor Beggs. He's Kyle Bowen. And we will catch you after the trade deadline. Peace. Your Locked on Canucks. Your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.